When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga. I'm joined by our tribe beat writer, Paul Hoynes, the sports writer most likely to get traded in a Vegas airport. Paul, uh, good to hear from you. How you doing, Joe? Doing well. Uh, you survived the trip, survived the week uh, at the winter meetings, and uh, it all sort of hit there on the last day. We, uh, we, we have a trade, a, a, a big one, the Indians sending Edwin Encarnacion to Seattle in a three-way deal. Yandy Diaz goes to Tampa Bay, and the Indians get back Carlos Santana and uh, the Rays' young outfield first-base prospect, Jake Bowers. Uh, Paul, uh, tell us about the trade. Tell us uh, how things went down and what you heard and, and, and really who won the trade. Yeah, it was, it was interesting, uh, Joe. You know, uh, the Indians, the whole front office, they had like a 7, 7.30 flight, a.m. flight out of uh, Vegas on Thursday morning. And, you know, a bunch of reporters were on it. But I stayed, I stayed uh, at the meetings to cover the Rule 5 draft. So I'm right in the middle of the Rule 5. The Rule 5 draft had just started about noon Cleveland time, 9, nine o'clock out there. And, uh, you know, I see uh, that, that Santana has been traded or, you know, Santana's coming back to Cleveland. And it just kind of unfolded from there. I, I don't know who, they, who, the, who the Indians drafted or lost in the Rule 5 draft. I was just, you know, concentrating on that. And, you know, uh, fortunately, you know, I couldn't get a hold – unfortunately, I couldn't get a hold of the Indians – their flight had taken off. And, right, they were they were in the air with no Wi-Fi. Uh, yeah, and, and no uh, no tech. The worst possible time to complete a trade, I guess. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it doesn't matter for the front office guys, but if you're if you're in the media trying to track it down, and you know Zach Meisel and uh, T.J. Zuppi and I think uh, Ryan, R- Ryan Ryan Lewis. Yeah, Ryan Lewis were all on the flight, and their Wi-Fi wasn't working. They had them right there. They had a you know a captured audience and uh, a captive audience and but they couldn't write anything until the wi-fi came on so uh, worst worst time to make a trade if you're a gm uh when you're in the middle of a flight with no wi-fi or whether you're in a hospital bed with a blood clot in your lung either way <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, that's what jerry depoto was uh was, yeah. was hospitalized as he's completing the trade yeah, the gms they, they don't let the, a little thing like a blood clot stop them from making a deal jeez but um yeah, so it, it was interesting, and the rest of the day was kind of a blur. You know, I was able to uh, hook up with uh, Antonetti on the flight. You know, we texted back and forth so I could get some quotes and just uh, get his, a little bit of his take on it on one of the rewrites that I had. So, uh, yeah, so it, it, it worked out. Uh, as for the trade, uh, you know, I uh, 
I guess uh, from the Indians' point of view, they 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 saved some money this year. Uh, I think they they save. I, I want to say maybe ten to twelve million this year. Take on fourteen million next year, mm-hmm. or I should say two thousand nineteen. They saved about ten million. Take on uh, fourteen million in payroll in two thousand twenty. Um, you know, uh, Seattle is picking up uh, six million of uh, Santana's thirty-five million dollar contract for what what's left of the deal, and and that's, uh, and that's two million in nineteen and four million in twenty, correct? Right, right. So because uh, his know, contract so, is backloaded, isn't it? It's like the, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was backloaded. It, I think he's the total is like thirty-five with the uh, buyout. Uh, and Yandi, you know, uh, so we know Santana, you know, and we, we know Encarnacion, uh, Encarnacion. I, I feel bad for him. He's kind of stranded out there, I, you know, and on the far edge of the world or the United States and on a rebuilding team. And this could be his last year. I would, I'm wondering, Joe, if, if they're just going to flip him again, you know, mm-hmm. try to, you know, I would, th- that would be my, my uh, take on it. That that seems to be the common, uh, you know, understanding of this. And and you you had written that uh, you know Tampa had shown an interest in him in the first place. So right. maybe maybe that's a spot where he winds up. If not, you know, before the start of the season, at some point during the season, he could wind up. If not with Tampa, then some other contender that needs a bat. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. That's a good way to. Look. Hey, but but he's definitely not staying in Seattle. That's uh, no. No, that's not that's not in their plan, I don't think. Yeah. And uh, you know, uh so we didn't and you know, Yandy Diaz, we never really got to see him play, you know. I'm I'm wondering if this is he- Jesus Aguilar too, you know. Uh you know, and and I mean I think Yandy got more chances than Jesus did. Mm-hmm. You know? And uh and w- what we saw was a guy that was a line drive hitter. Uh so far hasn't been able to adjust to start pulling the ball and, and driving it out of the park, but, uh, and still a guy without a position, you know, in in talking to, uh, uh, Haim, uh, Bloom, the, uh, the, uh, the, the VP of baseball operations for the Rays, he, he, he didn't know where they were going to play him. He thought, you know, he, he liked, uh, Yandy's, uh, versatility, um, but they just didn't have a spot, you know, carved out for him. So I think Yanni's going to probably find himself in a similar position, uh, you know, where he's going to play first base, third base, you know, second base. I, I'm not sure, but, you know, I know they like his bat. They were looking for right-handed power and uh, you know, they're, 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 they're kind of loading up, you know, they, they got Charlie Morton. Right. Uh, now they get Yandy. They won 90 games last year. I think they're going to try to make a run in the AL East. You know, they surprised people last year. They're not going to do that again this year this this coming season and uh they also add cole solzer uh a triple a uh reliever from the uh, the indians organization uh you know he, he I, I think he was something like 47 appearances uh last year with about 95 strikeouts in in 50 50 some innings 51 innings so i mean this, this is a guy he's a he's a strikeout pitcher out yeah. of the bullpen and yeah, and, this, boy, this, and like Tampa needs another strikeout arm out of the ball. Yeah, yeah, jeez. And this is a guy that I'm pretty sure he's the same kid that came to his first big league camp last year, and he had he had got hurt. I think he's from Columbus or from from Ohio. If he's the same kind, if he's the same guy, maybe I got it wrong. But he, he maybe he got hurt. He missed all the you know he couldn't 
you know, participate in his first big league camp and he had to, you know, kind of take a seat. He got hurt working right. out or something. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think I think Eric Stamets is the one who's from uh, Dublin, Ohio. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Salzer, uh, you know, it that it, it could turn out. It, watch the the whole trade turns on Salzer being a, a lights out guy out of the bullpen for them. And, <laughs> and that's yeah, that's just the most ridiculous thing. Yeah, you know, and then uh, they also what uh, the Indians also sent them their uh, compensation, their I lottery think, pick. I think uh, that they, pick went to Seattle. Yeah, that yeah, uh, in the seventy seventh pick in the in the draft, uh, in in you know in June. So, well, um, don't don't worry. The Indians will be getting plenty of comp- compensatory picks uh, this year when their uh, free agents start signing, like Brantley and Miller, and and they uh, right. You know, depending on how much they sign for, if uh, Brantley signs for over fifty, they'll get a first round pick there or a sandwich pick in the first sure. round. So yeah, uh, you know. So all in all, are did this trade make the Indians better or give the Indians more opportunities to do things down the road? Yeah, I think the latter, Joe. I don't think they're a better club today than they were yesterday before the deal. I think, uh, you know, uh, Yandy's gone. Does Yandy and Bowers cancel out? Bowers has a little more power, it looks like. Uh, but, you know, he hasn't played he has, a home. He has a little better launch angle, let's put it that yeah, way. Yeah. Because Yandy Diaz – had a better exit velocity on balls in play average than Manny Machado and Mike Trout last year. Yandy right. was up around 92 miles an hour, and Machado and, and Trout were 91 miles an hour. But, yeah, like you said, uh, you know, Bowers hits more home runs. Yeah. And, you know, Encarnacion, Santana, you know, Encarnacion has you know, traditionally shown more power, driven in more runs. You know, Santana's probably a better defensive player. So, you know, I think – I don't think that makes you better. That's kind of a wash, you know. So, I think this this payroll flexibility maybe sets them up to do another trade. Maybe they trade Yonder Alonso, uh, you know, because, you know, uh, Bowers and, and Santana basically pretty much could do the same thing, you know, play, you know, first base, DH. And, I mean, you could, if they get desperate, they could even put, you know, Carlos in the outfield as they did in the World Series. So, I don't know if that's they, yeah, just something they want to do every day, but uh. <laughs> oh boy! Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, Carlos is—he's a Dominican guy, and you know the Dominican mantra is "play every day, be in the lineup every day." And Carlos yeah. is every day. Yeah, so he, he's going to he be your every, he's your everyday first baseman. I, I yeah. think you're literally going to have to pull him out of that spot. So that means Bowers has got to play left field. Yeah, I would think you know that's that sounds like it to me, and then. Either you keep uh, Alonso as a DH, or, or uh, you know, you you go looking for another kind of like we were talking uh, before uh, the podcast came on. Uh, uh, you know, m- maybe a middle a middle of the order hitter, maybe. And then, to, wh- how do you get that guy? You know, then you, I guess the focus goes back on, you know, trading a Kluber or a Bauer. Well, and and I guess what this does is it makes it so that you've moved Edwin's twenty five million you know, sort of off the, off the ledger there. And it frees you up to make that trade for Kluber or Bauer and put your heel in the ground and demand the highest return possible for them and not budge off of that. You don't have to attach Kipnis's salary or somebody else to that and lessen the return that you would get uh, for Kluber or Bauer. You can basically 
say here here they are and it's the sun moon and stars or there's no deal and you go into the season with a top three rotation in all of baseball yeah I think that's a good point Joe that's really a good point because I think I don't think they were you know it doesn't seem like they they've come off their their what they want for both those guys you know I mean just from you know what you read and, and who you talk to. I think there's still the asking price is very high on on Kluber and Bowers as it should be. And uh, you know I think right like now they've got that. You know they they've saved some money. You know that they they've saved about ten million according to the Indians for this season. So now you can uh, um, maybe that is that enough to uh, satisfy ownership uh, to and still put a competitive team on on the field. I still think you know. <laughs> You still need some help in the outfield. You still need some help uh, in the bullpen. You probably need, and I, I'm just uh, listening to uh, T, uh, Francona's tone when he uh, talked to the media at the winter meetings. I, I'm I think they they'll probably go after a backup catcher too. Okay, we'll get to the their needs there in a second. I just wanted to go back and touch one more time on on Edwin. Um, you know, the Indians signed Edwin. He's the highest paid. Uh, player in franchise history with uh, the contract that they signed for um, his his free agent deal before the 2017 season. They brought him in, and uh, he did what Edwin does. He hit 30 home runs and drove in 100 runs uh, for the two seasons that he played for them. Uh, did they did they get what they expected and wanted out of Edwin? And uh, and and tell me tell me one thing that you will take away from Edwin's two years in here uh, in, in in Cleveland. Uh, one interaction or anything, and and I'll throw I'll throw mine at you, and it's pretty funny. Yeah, um, I, you know, I think they got exactly what they wanted. The only thing they didn't get out of it was a World Series championship. You know, the, after reaching Game Seven of the World, you know, of the World Series in 2016, this was their big move in 2017. Get a bat, get a guy to hit in the middle of the lineup, and you know he did that. He you know he played almost every day. Uh, and, uh, you know, he, he DA, you know, he, I think, you know, some people will say he wasn't the, the, the clutchest guy in the world that he, you know, he didn't carry the team for, you know, a stretch of a week or 10 days, like some power hitters do, but he was a power hitter and they're streaky, you know, historically, I think every power hitter is streak is streaky. And, you know, this guy did what he did. And I mean, did what he always does. And he was great in the clubhouse. I thought, I thought, you know, it was fun to see him interact with uh, all all the younger Latin players. Um, you know, with with Ramirez sat right next to him, Eric Gonzalez sat next to him. He was always he took care of those guys. And I remember, uh, you know, like we were at at when uh, they got eliminated by uh, by uh, by the, the the Astros in the ALDS. You know, you know Jose had a terrible series and terrible you know last four months of the se- four weeks of the season. And he didn't want to talk to us. And Encarnacion made him talk, you know, so that's leadership. You know, I think that's, that's, uh, you know, that's what you're looking for from your veteran guys to show how, how you're supposed to do it. And, and I'll never forget, uh, you know, he had that deep uh, voice mm-hmm. and uh, he hit when he early in the season, he hit that inside the park home run uh, against the angels. I think yeah. the second or third game of the season mm-hmm. and we're sitting there, and uh, we're waiting on him, and he turns around, and talks, and he goes, "What's cooking? <laughs> What's cooking?" <laughs> What's <laughs> cooking? <laughs> uh, that was great. Now, 
that uh, inside the park home run was uh, just a fantastic moment. Uh, April 3rd, uh, this, this past year, hit one off the wall and ran, ran for days. I think he surprised himself uh, coming all the way around the bases. Uh, Hammy, Hammy's call was, was hilarious. Yeah. Without the oxygen. Uh, Usain Bolt, didn't he uh, call him Usain? Uh, something uh, like that. <laughs> um, I, I will remember uh, back, I, I went on the road with them in Texas, and uh, it's the last game of the series Sunday morning. And the night before, Saturday, I get back to the hotel room and I'm flipping through Instagram. And there's a post on Instagram from Edwin Encarnacion's account. And it's the toilet in his hotel room. And it's a video of Edwin talking to the toilet and telling it, you know, I have to pee or I have to. And, yeah. and the toilet's automated and it was responding to his voice and it was flushing or it was the lid was lifting or whatever. And he was getting the biggest kick out of this, this, uh, this automated toilet in his, in his room. And, you know, I'm, I'm standing there, I'm talking to a couple other reporters. I'm talking to uh, Andre and all that. And I'm showing him this video and we're dying laughing. And he's sitting over by his locker. And I'm like, how do I go up to a guy and interview him and ask him about his video that he made of his toilet? I, I, I didn't do it because it was just like the, the most awkward and uncomfortable thing. But I thought to myself, man, you know, this is – he's, he's a, the, the $20 million man. He, he signed for, you know, a, a $20 million a year. And that's the, uh, that's the level of service you get when you go on the road is the, the, the high-priced veterans, they get the nice hotel rooms, I guess. Yeah, you're not kidding, man. That's <laughs> that pretty good. So. Yeah. That's, and, you know, <laughs> All right. I, I don't know if there's an easy way to transition from Edwin Encarnacion's toilet to uh, – what the biggest hole in the – well, I guess there you go. What the biggest hole in the Indians uh, roster in the, in the lineup is now, what the biggest need is. We mentioned the, uh, the bullpen. We mentioned the possibility of a backup catcher. I still think uh, the outfield is, uh, is, is, is very unsettled. And I would like to see a right-handed power-hitting bat, somebody, get, somebody who hits 30 home runs and strikes out 100 times but, you know, can, can drive in runs. Uh, and I've already made it known about uh, my feelings about the possibility of getting Yasiel Puig from uh, from Los yeah. Angeles. I think he would I think he would fit that role pretty well. But uh, you know, what do you think the biggest need is? Where do you think they will strike next? Oh, that, you know that these guys do things. You know, I I think they they do the unexpected. Um, so I would think, uh, you know. It's got to be the bullpen or or the uh, or the outfield. Um, you know, you look at that bullpen. I think if they could, maybe maybe they make a trade here. Maybe make one more trade, free up a little money. You know, and maybe maybe that's the trade where they get the outfielder you're talking about. And then I think maybe they'll they can uh, you know cherry pick a couple free agent relievers. A guy maybe if Oliver Perez is still out there, I think he'd be a great fit. Uh, but there's a ton of relievers out there. There's a bunch of uh, backup catchers that, you know, catchers that could back up Perez if, if they deem uh, Haas isn't ready. Uh, so, you know, I think that's, that's, the, that's what they might do, Joe. Yeah, and, and you, you talk about the, the free agent market for those relievers is really going to be set by a couple of, 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 you know, Indians guys after you've got Craig Kimbrell, who's 
you know, from reports is demanding a hundred million dollars in six years, which I, I don't think yeah, he's going to get think that's close gonna to that. But uh, Andrew Miller is going to be at the top of that, that list as well. And he might well set that market for, for what, you know, trickles down to the Indians on the, uh, on, on the bottom end of that. Yeah. You know, a lot of team, you know, uh, I, I talked to, uh, talked to a Miller's agent at the meetings, texted with him and he said, you know, there's been a bunch of teams in on him. Uh, the Indians, you know, have told them early that, uh, you know, they, they are not, you know, they, he, they can't afford to bring them back. Uh, you know, so I think, you know, uh, the, the Phillies, Boston, New York, I think all those teams are kind of in on him and they must uh, feel good about him because, you know, as we know, this is a guy that's been on the deal five times in the last two years, Joe. So, you know, well, Tito, that, Tito sounded pretty confident. Tito wants him to go to a national league team. Yeah. Right. So I think they, you know, they, you know, let's see it. You know, let's just see how he is. I mean, uh, but I think, you know, that's got to be a, a kind of a cautionary little, if you make that deal, you're, you're making it, uh, you know, with a red flag uh, hovering above it, you know what you're getting into. Uh, what about, what about Cody Allen? Uh, can, can he get, can he get more than just a one or two year show me deal uh, at, at this point? You know, I think, you know, probably, you know, talking, you know, talking to some people, I think he, they think he can get a, a multi-year. Uh, I think the market isn't as strong right now as it is for Miller. You know, a lot of teams are ca- kind of kicking the tires on him. I think they're going to wait, you know, and see Miller and and uh, and a couple other guys sign and then, then, you know, look at Cody. And I still think, you know, de- depending on the way things break, there's a chance he could come back to Cleveland, sign a one-year deal and, and – uh, you know, kind of be the setup guy for hand and, uh, you know, reestablish his market value and go out in the, the uh, free agent market again in 2020. But that's a remote chance. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. Um, general take on, on Vegas. Uh, you know, what was – you land on early Sunday and uh, right away there's the, the announcement of the uh, today's game uh, Hall of Fame inductees, which – that was a whole nother, you know. Yeah, that was a sort of. He had, he had Chris Russo and Tony Larusa almost coming to blows on the set of uh, uh, Major League Baseball Network's High Heat uh, uh, the other day over Harold Baines. I, I missed that. Yeah. Oh, it was. I, I I would have loved to have seen Larusa just just lay into him. He, <laughs> I, they went back and forth pretty good. Uh, obviously, Larusa defending the selection of Bain. Oh yeah, sure. And, I mean, that was his guy. Being way inappropriate, saying there was cronyism and all sorts of stuff like that. Uh, but you, you you show up for the 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 inductions there. Do you do you follow Tito around? Is that what what well, happens during the meetings, or are you are you free to just sort of roam the floor and? Yeah, and, you know, it, it, you uh, you know, you get there. You know, they uh, um, the um, you know, you go to the workroom, I, you know, you get there and, uh, you know, you check into your room, you, get, you go and get your, uh, your credentials, you go down and go down and set up in the workroom because, you know, we got there like early 930 uh, uh, Vegas time, 930 in the morning. And, uh, you know, so you're just kind of hanging out, you're walking around the casino. I saw Tito, but that was the only time I saw Tito just bumped into him. What, and, ta- uh, what table was he at? He was at a table. Black, blackjack, craps, yeah. blackjack. I think I think it was blackjack, <laughs> and uh, and so um, and then so I kind of just waited, uh, you know, tried to write some stuff, 
and then I was just waiting for the, uh, you know, the election. And then, uh, you know, as we talked, I, I wrote something on Baines and, and Lee Smith getting in. Um, you know, I didn't, I, you know, and I didn't realize, I didn't think, you know, I wondered, you know, Baines had what, been on the, the uh, BBWA uh, ballot for just five years, never mm-hmm. received more than 6% of the vote. Uh, and I, I think I voted for him a couple times, but I wasn't, I wasn't, but I consistently voted for Smith when the 15 years he was on the ballot, I think right. I voted for him every year. So, you know, I don't, that to me wasn't as big a, uh, as big a, a surprise, let's say as, as, uh, as Baines, you know, and I think there was some favoritism obviously to get Baines in. I talked to uh, Bert Blylev and he was on the committee and, uh, you know, he voted for Baines. He thought he was overlooked. And, you know, obviously Bert was overlooked. He didn't make it into the, his 15th year on the ballot. Uh, so, you know, but, you know, so I can see both points of that. You know, this guy played for a long time, had a lot of hits. But he didn't, you know, for as long as he played, he did not reach 3,000 hits. And right. I think that would have got him in. But uh, so, you know, there was some debate there. And I think, you know, for so long, those veteran committees never, never elected anybody, mm-hmm. you know? So the last two years we've seen Trammell and Morris get in now Lee Smith and, and Baines get in. I think, I think they want more players in there, you know, cause I think there's a gap, you know, of, of players that, that haven't been, that there's an era or a couple of eras of players that aren't represented in the hall and they want to get those guys in there. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, you know, a 16, 16 man panel, 16 person panel is a lot easier it's a lot easier to, uh, you know, get guys in than, you know, or get a consensus, let's say, than when, you know, you've got 500 baseball writers voting. Right. And does this uh, sort of clear the way for uh, Edgar Martinez uh, to, to, you know, maybe necessarily be a shoo-in uh, vote for the, for the writers uh, when, when the results are announced later on? Yeah, I think so. I think he, got, he, he was just over 70%. Uh, last year so he should he should get a bump and definitely with Baines getting in I think they're gonna you know you 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 draw the correlation uh, and you know and Mariano Rivera is going to get in so you're going to see two of the uh, top three closers in baseball history and the two of the best DHs uh, get in uh, on the same you know, on the same year that'll be cool but then you know and those are and those are two underrepresented uh, underrepresented positions in, in the hall so yeah definitely yeah and and, but, but most of the, most of the week, Joe, you just, you know, you meet with the team every, every once a day, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it used to be, you see the team scouts and stuff and, you know, assistant GMs, you know, wandering around the lobby and you could talk to them and, and but nobody leaves those suites anymore. You know, they, they all stay <laughs> in the suites and you just, uh, there's just a mob of people that, you know, you don't, you know, there are a lot of agents, so you can talk to them, but. Most of your texting back and forth, you know, and you just kind of live in the workroom for a while, you know, and most of the day. And then, but I, you know, I walked around, I saw, you know, uh, Corey, Corey uh, Snyder, he's looking for, he was, he was looking for a job. He, you know, he he managed in uh, Taiwan the last two years. He managed in uh, Mexico before that. So he was looking for a big job in, you know, with a big league club. He was talking to Baltimore and another club, but the Indians hadn't contacted him. Mm Mm-hmm. I saw, uh, you know, Jacob Cruz, who used to play for the Indians, Scott Ellerton. Did, uh, didn't, didn't Jacob uh, Cruz uh, catch on as a, as a hitting instructor or assistant? Yeah, with, yeah, with, uh, with the Pirates. And, and Scott mm-hmm. Ellerton is with the Pirates as well. Kenny Schramm, who used to pitch for the Indians, you know, runs the double A team for 
the Astros. I see him a lot. I saw him. A lot. I usually see him once at every meeting. And but you see a lot of bunch of you know former players, and it's kind of cool. You know, it's just good. Uh, I don't think it's as newsy, as news making an event as it used to be. But you know, as soon as I say that, they make a they make a trade. The big right, one, right the big trades in the winter meeting. All right. Well, and and you know, I'm I'm sitting back home watching Major League Baseball Network, which is broadcasting live from. You know, all of their shows are on set there in the lobbies and, and whatnot. I'm trying to catch a glimpse of Hoinsey, uh, <laughs> see if he's see if he's at one of the slot machines or yeah. you know, I'm the only to guy a that went, waitress. I don't know. I'm I, I'm the only guy that went to Vegas and didn't place a bet. <laughs> <laughs> well, it worked out. Uh, so let's just set up the uh, the next uh, before we get going here. Set up the next week or so. Um, as things are going to sort of take shape, uh, expect possibly another move here. If yeah. not, uh, you know, if, if they get through this weekend without doing it, then probably something next week. Yeah. I would say in the next 10 days, a week to 10 days, something's going to happen. I think, you know, you don't talk to, I mean, these guys have been talking to each other for, you know, for maybe over seven weeks at the least, maybe a year at the most, you know, on, on these different proposals. You put them all together in, in one spot for for four days, and that, that talk kind of starts percolating. And now, now you see the deals happen. You know, you usually see see the trades that are close to uh, th- then they happen. So I would think, you know, we're gonna see, we're gonna find out one way or the other about Kluber and Bauer pretty soon here. If if the, if they're gonna make a deal or if they keep them. All right. Well, that's uh, Paul Hoynes uh, back from Vegas, uh, ready to to see what else uh, pops up on the the hot stove in the next coming weeks. Uh, Paul, good to talk to you, and we will uh, hear from you again next week. All right, Joe.